welcome to the Baptist Broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening through iTunes, Spotify, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this makes for a profitable car ride or workout. I know I'm not the most captivating podcast personality, uh, but thank you for listening anyway. This is uh, important stuff. Try to always bring significant topics to the table here at the Baptist Broadcast. So I really appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, of course, do not forget to click the subscribe button. If you forget to click that button, I will have to send the dogs after you. Um, But no, really, it's it's a good way to... um, Clicking that button is a good way to to keep up with the channel. Uh, Don't forget to click that bell for continued notifications. What does grandma have to do with divine simplicity? Uh, there's a lot of the, the natural theology is one conversation. Classical theism is another conversation, specifically as it relates to the doctrine of divine simplicity. And we might throw in a impassibility uh, as well. Uh, and of course, in, in that conversation, you could narrow it down any, even further and, and talk about, you know, different modes or, or, or kinds of language that we might use in our theologizing from analogical language to univocal language to equivocal language. Um, and so it's a broad discussion with a lot of moving parts, pardon the potential pun there. Um, and one of the things that has been brought up um, is the apparent inapplicability of divine simplicity and the apparent abstract unimportant nature of the doctrine. And first, let me just respond uh, to that by saying initially, God is not a tool, right? So just because Something that is true about God doesn't, you can't see how it directly maps onto how that affects your life. It doesn't matter. It could be totally useless in terms of your practice and it still be true. And the fact that God is almost being seen as an instrument or a tool for our sanctification or our self-improvement or our moral living or you know, the quality of our worship or whatever, is I think a, a backward way of doing theology. In theology, you have to start with the contemplative first. You have to start with the speculative or the theoretical or the, the, uh, the dogmatic. Um, and, you know, there, there are certain ways that those things may or may not affect your practice but just because your your practice, you can't see how some of those things would affect your practice, doesn't mean they're not true. And sometimes, you know, there are just things that stand alone and are 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 good for our contemplation. They're they're things that you should be thinking about and meditating upon, even if you can't see how they directly map onto the onto the onto the conversation. But I've heard it. I've heard it said in this discussion, and I'm going to keep this this monologue quite short. You know that that not many Christians throughout history, in fact, the great majority of Christians, have never articulated divine simplicity like you'd find in in, in theologians like Thomas Aquinas or Francis Turretin or Stephen Charnock or or any of the post-reformed, you know, their Protestant scholastics or whatever. 
and uh, you know it's 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 a dig at that that high view of divine simplicity. Well, you know the majority of the, the great majority of Christians have never articulated this articulated it this way. They've never talked about it. It's never been even been on their radar. Um, and and that's true in terms right. Um, but what I want what I want to do here is I want to make a very important what I think to be a very important note as it concerns this high speculative theology and its relationship to grandma. And what I mean by grandma is I mean the uh, elderly, uh, b- the beautiful elderly woman who sits in her uh, bedroom chair at night reading the Bible. And that's all she's done for decades and decades and decades. And she has it stored up in her heart. Um, and, 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 and you would say, well, a person like that is most likely not going to be able to recite to you from memory uh, the article on divine simplicity from uh, Thomas's Summa Theologiae. Uh, and the answer, you know, what I would say is absolutely. You're you're very you're very much correct. She probably would not. No insult to her at all, because she probably has more divinity stored up in her heart than I do in, uh, in, in my whole, uh, being. And so, uh, she, she far exceeds me in terms of not only her practice, which she does, but also her knowledge and her wisdom. And just because she can't, she, or she doesn't articulate what she knows about God in the same scholastic terminology that we might be using to articulate those things, doesn't mean that what the Thomistic stuff, what the, what the post-reform stuff brings out explicitly, isn't going on implicitly in her heart. Um, a lot of people have, uh, you know, theologians and philosophers alike have, have, have said something to the effect of, uh, you know, Thomas's five ways, for example, the theistic proofs, uh, are... Uh, are making explicit what is already implicit in every single believer to some extent, in 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 everybody's to in everybody's mind to some extent. Um, so you take, for example, the biblical reality that everyone knows God, Romans one, and uh, and they don't necessarily walk through the first way, which is the argument for motion, to get to that knowledge, right? They don't explicitly travel that path, um, but the the proof on paper makes explicit what has gone on already within the person, um, and and just what has gone on on intellectually within the person. They they're not they're not of course explicitly walking through the steps of the proof and the syllogisms and all that, but in terms of 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 the process that may happen like that in a person's mind. Uh, and, and it happens implicitly, and they come to a knowledge of God. Um, the, 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 all the proofs do is they bring out explicitly what has already happened implicitly within the person. And so it's not like you know people aren't computers. We don't we don't think in terms of syllogism all the time, but we often arrive at conclusions without explicitly traveling through that process. Uh, and it doesn't mean we've we've done something totally different. Than reason through a syllogism, it just means we've done so quite impulsively. 
uh, like like we've done we've done so uh, spontaneously. Uh, this is just how we come to knowledge in the world. And so um, if 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 people uh, come to the conclusion that yes, God exists, maybe they didn't walk through the proofs, but those but the but the mechanics of those proofs are going on implicitly with within within that person. And so all the all the proof does on papers it brings out that process explicitly. And I want to say that the, you know, and, and just applying the same mechanics of that situation with the proofs and all of that to the to the elderly lady in her Bible. Uh, I want to say that what simplicity does as it's articulated on paper or or vocally like 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 it's somewhat being uh, like it's somewhat doing now um, is is it makes explicit reality or truth that is already held implicitly in every single believer. And so you know when when the, the, the little elderly lady reads Deuteronomy 6.4, the Lord God is one. Or when, when she reads something like Malachi 3.6, uh, the Lord does not change. Um, then she holds those teachings, those doctrines of Scripture to be true. And if someone were to come along and, and unfold the implications of those doctrines you would get something like how simplicity or immutability is articulated in the scholastic terminology. Um, so you don't... So what I, what I want to be careful to note here is that you're not... Just because simplicity is not being explicitly articulated by the majority of Christians doesn't mean it's not being implicitly held to within their hearts. And I think the, the latter is the case. Um, you know, someone like James White recently said, nobody holds, nobody wants to say that God is made up of parts. And he's absolutely right. Like if you were to ask the, if you were to ask the, the run of the mill Christian, maybe they've never heard of the doctrine of divine simplicity. If you were to ask the people in the pews, whether or not they believe that there are things in God that are not God, which God depends on to be God, they would say, well, absolutely not. I don't believe that, which shows that they're, they're holding to the doctrine of simplicity, but they haven't brought it out in explicit scholastic terminology. That's all that shows. Um, and so all the scholastic theology and all the the... the the high terminology related to the doctrine of simplicity and mutability and passibility and so on are words to help make explicit what's already going on implicitly within the belief of the people that sit in the pews, within the, the, the belief system of the people who sit in the pews. And so, you know, they, they, have a very, they may have a very simple understanding of, of who God is. God exists. God is one. And yet he is three, and they articulate that, and they go no further. And all we do in theology is we we make that belief more explicit, right? That belief, as far as it goes, is correct. It doesn't go, you know, it doesn't it doesn't elaborate a whole lot on on the essential those essential tenets of the faith, but it, it's correct as far as it goes. And then they stop and they say, well, no, I I'm, I I don't want to go beyond you know, this point, I don't know how to go beyond this point. And the, the task of the pastor and the theologian is to take them to a, to a more deeper understanding or conception of 
the triunity of God, right? And so, so that they can contemplate God better, so that they can articulate God in their prayers better and address him more faithfully and more fully. Um, and, and, and that's the job of the pastor and the theologian, to, to expound upon the seeds that are already there in every single believer. And simplicity is a seed in every believer. Everybody holds to the doctrine of divine simplicity uh, implicitly, right? So if you, if you just take the, the Christian who is, um, the Christian who is, you know, doesn't, doesn't, you know, spend his time thinking about, uh, you know, these, these detailed theological concepts and, uh, is, you know, just a, a quote unquote simple, uh, person, you know, I've met people, they're like, I'm just simple. I don't go that far. And, and this is what I believe. And it's completely orthodox. Um, you know, they believe God is one, right? And they would never say anything different. And they would never, they would never say that, that God is made up of parts you know, and depends on those parts to be who he is. And so they they hold to the doctrine of simplicity implicitly. And what the theologian does is he writes or speaks or preaches about simplicity and makes that implicit belief more explicit for the believer for their edification and move them in the spirit of Hebrews 5 and 6 to move them from the milk to the, to the meat. All right. And so hopefully that's helpful. Just... R- you know, relating the doctrine of simplicity to the majority of Christians and the and and the practicality of it all, and and you know why it it may be the case that you know the majority of Christians have not articulated the doctrine of simplicity like like it is being like it's being articulated in certain systematic theologies and so on. Well, um, that's true, but that doesn't mean it's false, and it doesn't mean they didn't believe it at all, right? So um, I think that's a very important note to make. If this was helpful in any way. Uh, please click the thumbs up. And uh, again, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. God bless you guys.